the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's smoked for 14 hours. We know you're going to love that pulled pork. 2141 Cliff Road in Egan and at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack And now, we return to the purveyors of real estate knowledge. Your Real Estate Chalk Talk. Hey, welcome back to the program. Thanks for staying with us. This is your Real Estate Chalk Talk, and we're broadcasting from the Rack Shack Barbecue Studios in Egan, Minnesota. Hittnergroup.com, H-I-T-T-N-E-R group.com. Go there, search for properties, set up your favorite searches, reach out to us. Uh, look at the featured properties, the featured listings that we have on that site. All that is available to you at no cost at hitnergroup.com or give us a call, 612-627-8000 if you have an interest in any one of those properties. And if you want to find out how to get a finance with the lowest rates possible, give us a call, 612-627-8000, and we'll get you hooked up with Kelvin and his crew, and they get you some uh, cheap money. Okay, so when we went out to break, we were talking about Girl Scout cookies. We we're doing a little <laughs> negotiating uh, off air, uh, trying to get me into that warehouse because I just want to go in there and uh, do some uh, video filming of that. So if you would like to see that as well, then uh, call their office. Call their office and say, "Let Keith in. <laughs> let, let Keith in. Maybe pick it. Keith in. All right. We might have to have extra security. <laughs> Talk about you know you do so much more than just moving households, yes. which I which mm-hmm. I find fascinating. International moves, military moves, museum moves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the intricacies in the care that needs to be in that. I was just talking with a, with a client this week, as a matter of fact, about uh, moving their stuff out of their house, and they didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I said, here, call, call these guys. And I, that's what I say is they move, they move museums. Mm-hmm. So they're certainly qualified to take care of your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, your is fine. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, and then what's the most interesting things or challenging, even maybe not interesting, but what are the most difficult things that you move? Difficult things, uh, like recently I've had some uh, really interesting like safes, like bank vault safes, like huge thousands and thousands of pounds and trying to logistically figure out how I'm getting it from that room out to the dock. Yeah. You know, um, we have what we call safe jacks. There's these little jacks that go underneath and they kind of hydraulic lift up and get them on wheels. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a flat yeah. way all the way. So <laughs> right. you gotta kinda... And they're on these little <laughs> three inch casters. Exactly. <laughs> and they're solid steel. So they don't roll. Right. The easiest, they hit a pebble know? and they get stuck. Yeah, exactly. So you got to kind of, or there's a slope and you're like, yeah, you don't want anybody to get hurt, you know. So. That would be. So how do you do that? So, so that fast and furious with them going down the road with that safe flipping around on them. <laughs> that's, that's never going to That's not going to happen. It'd actually tear the, probably the back end off that car. It, yeah. <laughs> they don't hold up like that. <laughs> so then what do you do? Well, each situation's different, right? So I was just down at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester looking at, for example, ATM machines, right? Mm-hmm. And they're huge, heavy things. What we see on the faceplate is just a small part of it. Behind there is like a huge safe behind the wall. And they usually just have the face going through the wall, and behind there is a security room. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at these huge safes, 
um, you're looking at the pathways. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure it's going to fit through all the doorways. If it doesn't, we got to look at taking out a doorway. Right. You know? And then is it a flat pathway? If it's not, then i got to come up with maybe a ramp situation that we can lay down. Um, and then it's getting them jacked up and moved down to the loading dock. And then is there a loading dock or is it street loading? If it's mm-hmm. street loading, you need a lift gate so we can get it up there and hydraulically lift it up mm-hmm. to the dock height. It has a dock. That's even better. We can roll it on. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure you don't, like, rip up the floors when you're rolling stuff like that, especially if yeah. the wheels aren't, you know what I mean? Yep. You just In this case, it was marble flooring, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's gonna we lay down damage. what we call mag board, mm-hmm. which is almost like a super, you, actually, you know, like what you hang your tools on, like on your, yeah. the pegboard type yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. It's a material like that, and okay. we can lay that down. It's heavy. It's dense, and you can roll the rollers over there. It won't break. Okay. You know? but really? They get beat up, but it saves the floor, right? Right. Wow. <laughs> it's always a challenge. Every yeah, job is nervous, different. Right? That, that's the interesting part of what I do. Yeah. Every job is different. You know. And a lot of those things, especially like a safe like that, that was installed before the walls were there. They actually cut holes in the walls to accommodate these. Yeah. And then they built custom face plates around to kind of make it more cosmetically. So appealing. it's a big decision to move something like that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Kind of like, why are you is there a season to museum moving? There is. It's usually leading into the winter. So usually right before Christmas break, a lot of that is roundup because they're getting a lot of school traffic now. All right. And so they want everything set right now. Um, and then, of course, they have a school break, so they're really gearing up for that. And so a lot of that happens kind of like in the late fall, early early winter. When you uh, move a, a museum display or an exhibit, mm-hmm. Is it is it like there for a couple months and then goes to somewhere else, or is it once you move it in, is it there for a year or two years? And used to be museums would lease it for like a couple months, right? And everyone would do their own. Mm-hmm. As times have changed, museums have gotten together and they'll actually purchase a traveling exhibit together, right? Okay. Or mm-hmm. rent it and say they do like a three year contract between seven museums mm-hmm. for Dead Sea Scrolls. They'll each decide what phases of that timing they're going to take it on. And so then they'll sign one transportation agreement with like a group like us. So we know the next two or three years, this is the spots it needs to go this time frame. And it's usually two, three, four months that they might have that traveling exhibit. Now, obviously, when you're dealing with a museum item, it's a valuable item, mm-hmm. just just from a, from a, uh, a dollar value item. And then there's concerns about protecting it so it doesn't get damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a packing issue and, and such. But what about the theft? I mean, what kind of security mm. do you that's have to provide yeah. for that? So let's make sure someone doesn't hijack you. I mean, it could happen, I guess. We don't really experience those types of issues. But what they do is, um, nowadays, they've gotten so much better at it, right? Mm-hmm. They build these exhibits with the crating and the transportation in mind mm-hmm. more than they ever have. Okay. So right. they really look at, the, when they're building them, they look at the breakdown to get to a point where it can go into a crate that will fit perfectly in a trailer to maximize the number of trailers it takes and all that. So a lot of times what we're doing is we're going on site, we're crating up all the pieces, in the crates, and we reuse them. Right. And so we know exactly. Because there's a crate, this vase goes in crate number 432 yep. that's made for that vase. Exactly. Okay. And so you kind of, and the curators are usually right there when we're doing things. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be certain things. For example, the Dead Sea Scrolls I mentioned briefly, the actual scrolls themselves go with security guards and, and curators to another location. Mm-hmm. 
they go separately from oh, really? everything else. Okay. Titanic's yeah. the same way. All the cases and all that go separately from the actual artifacts, which mm-hmm. a lot of times will travel armed guard security. Okay. But, you know, there's cer- certain things like um, I know there's some coins and some other artifacts that, although they're unique and can't be replaced, they're not necessarily considered super high value. Yeah. So they they might travel with the exhibit parts. Interesting. Yeah. So you could you can't sell the stuff. I mean, obviously yeah, how you if I'm going to steal it, but you could ransom it. Yeah, probably you know, could. Yeah, I suppose. Say, yeah. Either you know, I'm, I got the Dead Sea Scrolls here. You know, give me a gazillion dollars, or I'm going to burn them. And to that point, like historically, then we you talked can. about this a little bit before. Where, like, generally speaking, when something's happening, I'm not talking about it. Right. I have. I talk about it like months after it's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to do that, of course, you'll use Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Military wait, wait. moves now and international moves. That's another thing that fascinates me. This the logistics. You say you're you've become more of a logistics company. The, it seems to me that the logistics of just international moves, be they military or not, is there a difference between just a typical uh, international move versus an international military move? There is. Um, when the military does them, there's usually some orders that come through specifically, and they have different categories of shipping. So you have a lot of service members that are stationed somewhere for years, right? Mm-hmm. And so depending on their rank and stuff, they're allowed multiple different shipments. So you, they might ha- be allowed to send something by air mm-hmm. right away just to get them through a few months, and then they might have some household goods going over more for the long term. And then maybe on a yearly basis, they're allowed what they call a consumables shipment, which then they can, you know, send some Cracker Jacks and, you know, shampoo and whatever things from here that they want over there. To, and those are sent directly to base. Um, whereas if you and I were to move there, you would probably do it in one shot, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to pick which furniture and which household good things I want, ship it all at once. And there you kind of got to be careful about the consumables thing because you're going through customs. You're not right. going right to the military base. They're allowed a little more forgiving, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, and what they're allowed to bring in. Do you ever get involved in, in, uh, two questions come to mind. Mm-hmm. One of them is is involved in moving a base or setting up a base itself. I mean, there's the personal goods of the people, mm-hmm. and then there's just all the paraphernalia that comes with the base. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that something that that they contract out for movers, or does yeah. the military itself move that? They they kind of do most of that themselves. Okay. And what about then when you're going through different climates? Like, so right now it's cold. So I'm doing a move, and I'm moving. Uh, uh, my family got uh, we got a job down in. Central America, and so we're moving to Central hmm. America. How do you deal with that climate change? You know, there's not a, really a whole lot you can do. It's going to go in a steel container, and it's going to be subject to all the different atmospheric things. The containers are airtight, okay. so they won't leak or get, get anything like that. But, um, you know, that's something to keep in mind Still if you are doing something. Like, you don't want to ship, like, valuable instruments with such a difference <clears throat> in climate change. Okay. You could do it climate-controlled. The cost probably would be prohibitive. All right, you know. Hmm. Okay, we got to go out the break. This is our, your, this is your your real estate chalk duck. Your real estate chalk duck. I was going to say our healthy homes. That's the other show. <laughs> your that's real estate show. chalk duck. We're broadcasting from the Rack Shack Barbecue, and we have to go out and pay some bills right now. So stay tuned for these messages, and we'll be right back. 